I am proud to present Ezra and Keith in Cinemush. Thank you for tuning in. They are about to smush. Are you ready? Um, I was thinking about Blonde yesterday because of all of the... Um, did you see the flurry? You're not on Twitter. You didn't see the flurry of new AI images of Nikki stealing... Nikki running away was from the party, one holding a them? Grammy. Lana Del Rey smoking with uh, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe being visited in the hospital in her old age by Wendy Williams. Um, like, j like j they really started getting crazy. Uh, Amy Adams winning her Oscar. Uh, you know, like stuff like that. Uh, Wait, so the Gwyneth thing I saw wasn't part of it? Where what? she like is coming out like I'm in a slip, coming out of like yeah. in a, on a dark highway, a car is approaching in the headlights, coming out of like, Sounds like the it. brush. People people just really have started going crazy on it. There's a new, I think there's a Bing, Bing released like an image generator thing and now, and it like really knows celebrities. So mm. there's like Nicki Minaj is a fat sea creature. There's like, you know, just, it's just on and on and on. The That's disrespectful Nikki and, and Cardi, I won't stand for Nikki it. Nicki and Cardi fans were brawling and, and they kept using images of like, Cardi in a cage while Nikki like writes is writing fire <laughs> tracks while Cardi's like crying. No. Oh. Anyway, so that's what's up in the culture. Well, what's you saw the you? Kanye thing that was released where he says that Cardi was an industry plant to take Nikki down. <sighs> As if it's all like, okay, okay, conspiracy brain. Like, let's, let's, let's just. But you know, she loved that. N who, Cardi? Nikki. Nikki, of course. Well, Nikki's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is like, Nikki, you're embarrassing yourself. Like, stick, pick your head up. As let's just be honest, we I love Cardi B, but shh, she's not threatening you, sweetie. It's okay. No, and that's a. I mean, I can't, I can't get into the, I can't break down the Nikki psychology and the Nikki, the the hip hop history that is. Why wouldn't you, Nikki Minaj's? Well, because it's a little, you know, I am a blind supporter, so yeah. I can't present sure. even like educated really? discourse about her I in public i can't about my queen gaga can you i'm yes i don't know if i've heard you do that before really no i mean she's one I've of the most heard. embarrassing people who's ever lived but for a while there her delusion was unmistakable unmistakable unrecognizable apart from genius and now she's fully we now we just see the clown underneath yeah the same ego is there but also with a desire a deep desire to conform which is so annoying and it but it also kind of shows that her original um affinity for like shock mm -hmm. and 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 all that pushing boundaries was just she was em emulating other people obviously and thank god uh yeah and yeah. thank god of course like prince david bowie madonna um and i think well so the nikki thing deep is deep down she's just a rich new york spoiled little girl with main character syndrome and you know what and a deep that's how she got to where she, music that's, and that's where she got to where she exactly is. That's the thing is and like she's still my mother and she I still have her on my phone screen. Like how can I I'll never not I, and then that should if that's ever not your phone screen on my slap you. It it will it'll it's just gonna be different pictures of her, but yeah, it, but that it, one I'll is never so, change it from her. That one as a lock screen is It's really, perfect. really good. I agree. When anyway. I think that's the thing about like especially pop stars, is like how do you think it's like star athletes, how do you think they got there? By doing what you exactly just 
they're not you think they're good people you think they're gonna like pick you up from the airport or like nurse you back to health like well, that's, that's just where we that's not what it is it's not what it is mistaking celebrities for gods to worship because we don't and for because with em, when religion emulate. falls out of society what else do we have and they're not examples for us i think no. we always are like well we want to be that we want to get that success those they're clothes, real people the money they're not ideas mama and it's like I, what i want to i want to be michael jackson i want to yeah. be elizabeth taylor i want to be you know oj simpson no <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't um speaking of can i just um hold on while i look for something i'm just gonna say i was thinking about beyonce and especially with like you know her film is the renaissance film has j- yeah. just been announced and is coming december and like everyone's going who's already been people who've been to the show three times are going you of know course. what i mean like of course they have to um and there's there's this iconic video for there's just like a, a clip out of context that really made me laugh but it, it, i think it's interesting mm-hmm. that of uh, it was little Rumi, you know one of the twins being held by her nanny yeah right on the line <laughs> while beyonce's in full sasha fierce mode with the hand nails bodysuit um during like a dramatic pause and just serving down and Rumi is five feet from her going like reaching for her like mommy mommy and she doesn't acknowledge her at all <laughs> it's so funny of course this, just because it's that moment in the show this is a five second clip but people were like really really having fun with that clip yeah um but it just reminded me of like beyonce is someone who fully wants to be an idea and a symbol and not a real person well that's what fans. she's cultivated absolutely 100%. so she's literally she is like i'm gonna be elvis bitch like you're going to worship the ground that I walk on, and beyond that, like what she's done that Where I Gaga, like she's she's not there. What she's, she's not like done that. that I think only really Prince has done as well, and maybe like smaller tier stars is like truly chameleon laced, just laced the image of like I'm withholding so much, and of it is me. so carved by me. This image, this persona, this what she wants everyone to take this being that, and there's so like she, her and Prince because I think Prince was really good at keeping so much away, and for Beyonce it's even more impressive because of the age we live in that she's able to and keep so much it's her away. Name. She's not high. It's Beyonce. That's her given name. Like Michael that Jackson, is Lady Gaga, all the people we're talking about. <sighs> cracks. We see cracks. Yeah. We see behind the curtain. We don't see cracks. In we Beyonce. don't see the. And even and when, when she, the and when we do with the elevator, I was about to say what that. happens. Her and Jay Z turn into a four-album billion-dollar enterprise. Correct, correct. They're like, that's ours. Yeah. Watch us do with it and shape your reaction to it as we because see fit. of course sometimes shit goes down when there's a billion dollars on an elevator. And there's cameras everywhere, baby. Um, Elizabeth Taylor Howling. <laughs> oh, whoops, I misspelled. I just saw her in... Please, um, for the love of God, have this clip for me. If I don't have it, I'll scream. In Winter Kills, I just saw her. Little brief Elizabeth Taylor moment. Old. Wait, where is this clip? Elizabeth Taylor. Married. No. So this is Elizabeth Taylor at maybe in in her upper seventies, I imagine. Yeah. You know, she's her mind's already gone. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, being asked, "Do you ever think we're gonna get married again?" Because you know she's she'd been married thirteen times at least. 
I just blew everybody out. That's good. <laughs> Married. New. And the thing with Nikki that I was going to say is she came up at a time when, and she allowed the narrative of women in hip hop to shape her. I think of her and Hillary Clinton in the same sentence a lot in the way that it's talked about how they kept other women out of the field. They were on top and they were like nobody else. No, you, I, it's mine. Because this is the only way that I'll get in the conversation with the men. It's the Put me in the conversation with Jay-Z. Yeah, it often is the same as it it often becomes Mm. I have to be the only gay guy. Yes. None of you, none of you others can be. Yeah. It's like, or like, just like, that was me in my high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I think it's a, it's true of a lot of people in, in a casual sense of like, of that, of like, it was like when I was eight, I was invited to a birthday party that was 23 girls and me. And they're like, the other boy can't come. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah. Cause I killed him. That's why he's not coming. He's dead. Just because like I, it was just like a friendship, but it was just like, I want to be the only one. And if you can't yeah. admit that in some ways, that I think that says a lot about your relation, your just like relation to all men. That really is the revealing. <laughs> it's really once again yeah. just more adding to the list of where I'm like, mm-hmm. I clock your clocking your tea for sure. But I'm not hiding it too, you know. No, of course not. Because that would be the problem. I feel like that would of be the, like, ugh. Call call a spade a spade, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, so well, so I had one thing I wanted to. So we both after a I'm gonna give you catch up. <laughs> we really broke it down in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, we got deep fast. They did it on an episode. Did pretty well, so I imagine people will. Yeah, we Barty Gang and and Barb's are, are, are last being week. Fed. We, last week we started out slow with you putting Margot on the table. This last week we're starting week out was, hot. It was was truly an offensive episode to be like to begin that slow. Like, was that the <laughs> audio too? It didn't even, it was, qu- well, no, I, on the audio, I cut a minute. Thank you. Thank you. I did thank it different you, for the audio. You're the video. so special. I had to, babe. I had to. Uh, I was about to say, I'm not, uh, it's what not are you my doing? first rodeo. Oh my God. But I so you. I want to give you your time to talk about the festival, mm-hmm. but true. I have little, clips. I, d- I don't have my festival. I haven't seen anything. I'm blah, 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 yeah. nothing. And but, the context, we're recording this a mere f- one, the fourth day of the festival. And you've seen five or four. No, the fifth day of the f- festival. I've seen five, five films so far. Okay. So I watched some movies this week at home on my own. I just watched, before you came, I just watched The Big Heat, trying to <gasps> fill in my Fritz Lang gaps. <sighs> the coffee pot. That movie Gloria is Graham. perfect. It's so crazy. I don't, you didn't give it a five stars on Letterboxd. I, I gave checked. it a four and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that just goes to show that maybe I was a little thinking about a little something else, but that I know that it's an, it's an impeccable great it, film. And so I think he, it solidified to me that he is, you could argue Fritz he's the Lang. greatest filmmaker to ever live. I Whoa. think the argument is there. Well, I mean, but look at the, I mean, like when we look at the early material, when we look at the silence, when we look at M, it's just like, hello. And then you look at when he comes to the US, and he does and that. he's just bang, 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 bang. Yeah. He does the Dick Tracy, the Fury one that you haven't seen, I don't I think. I haven't seen Fury. And then I- Dick was, Tracy? Is it, I think he, he's the star. What? I think so. Oh, the actor who went on to be TV's Dick Tracy? 
No, Tracy and Hepburn Tracy. Spencer Tracy. Spencer Tracy. Dick Tracy is a is a is fictional, fictional cop character. with a yellow suit. Yeah, okay. My bad. I was like, straight me out. That's a secret. <laughs> straight me Tracy out. Movie? Okay. I wish we had a slap. But they go. Yeah. Oh, that's why we need a soundboard. Once again, or people like, were willing or to like donate. Body hitting the should pavement. I look? Should I? Should we order one together and pay it? Pay it over the course of because on, on oh, eBay you can do it in four installments over like two after months. Pay or yeah. The, one of those. Yeah. Let's do, do that do soon. 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 I'm doing it right now. So <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I can't. I'm such an impulsive buyer. I have like six pairs of shoes and five outfits on my fucking like on the safari. Way? On no, that I'm like that you're waiting holding. to buy. Okay. Well. Hey. This one's cheap. What's the brand? Oh, but this one. Oh. What's the brand? Um. KTV. I don't know what that is. Look for like Audio Technica or like. Anyway. <sighs> what? The main thing I wanted to say though. And I thought about this a lot, and I'm ready to. Lay my body on the line for this. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, maybe. Let's do that later. I think that, and this, exclude what I just said about his, the stature of his quality, his execution, him as that amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And one of the many, I mean, I know of three iconic directors with an eye patch. Yes. Him, John Ford, Ford. and Nicholas Ray. <laughs> I forgot Continue. Nicholas Ray had one, but never forget. So, thinking of him as a, f- a immigrant, or as a foreigner making films in Hollywood, is who's he done it both. Not, he's Jewish. I don't. Th- he's Jewish. Look it up, because I remember. So me go to IsHeJewish.com. Doctor Mabuse the Gambler yes. from 1922, and we read about how many people were have been over time have been like. But I think he was asked been like, to this, participate. The character of Dr. Mubus is anti-Semitic. And he was like, no, it's not, you retard. <laughs> he was asked to participate in the Nazi regime, though. Right. Which makes me think, absolutely not. He's Jewish. He just uh, had ooh. to leave. See, so it is complicated. His mother yeah. was born Jewish, converted to Catholicism for, for his father. His father was a la- described himself as a lapsed Catholic. I would never accuse... He is a... Atheist. He described himself as an atheist. He is a social... Talk about an SJW. <laughs> in the right way. Yeah. Fritz Long. Yeah. There it is. But I was thinking about, I think, Sebastian Silva is our generation's Fritz Lang. Think about that for a second. And I don't think of it in the term of, like, he is the most polished, most Hollywood. But, like, think of it in terms of... You lost me. Because Carmen and I were talking <laughs> about this recently. Because she just watched Rotting in the Sun. and Still haven't seen it. He engages in first minute NYFF. Yes, he engages in commentary. <laughs> yeah, you've seen Nasty Baby. Yeah, that is like you know the the you could in that movie in the wrong hands being like a commentary about gentrification in New York, in Brooklyn, is a flop. Well, yeah. The same thing with Riding in the Sun of like the themes it's touching on, the kind of like, you know, Jordan Firstman playing himself, him communicating with. The woman who plays Sebastian Silva's housekeeper, like Catalina Saavedra, it's touching on a lot of. And Carmen and I were talking about this. These like 
kind of common social commentary things that in the wrong hands would just and are often in the wrong hands just flop and are really obvious and his are obvious but they're but so they're well executed and specific. they're personalized specific and just really well written and thought out confident and, and i think that's what for his era fritz lang did <laughs> You're such a psycho. he really like he really was if you you haven't seen fury but even i mean you look at like his like M or other of his German films like Spies. You look at stuff he made in the US. Fucking Metropolis. Right, exactly. Like it's he all about with and labor and exploitation and take the era take the eras and apply them to the Fritz filmmakers. Long, Don't Aris pretend tour, who's coming. Right. And then take Sebastian Silva in our era in the two thousands of like cause like someone would say because I'm just also thinking of someone who came to the US and made great american themed socio-political if you want to say films mm-hmm. and i think that just in that niche i was really like there's something here because even looking at the big heat next to rotting in the sun you could you could program that <laughs> oh you my could God. program that you're crazy i mean like for existential <laughs> crisis like crises you can say there's parallels but i'm not with you when you say that sebastian silva is absolutely our fritz law <laughs> i'm just gonna I'm have standing to stop by you that. right there you're crazy i'm standing by that because like you have to remove the things that are specific to the generations that would like obviously put them that stark stark differences yeah so it's just a very thin it's not thin. it's there it's deep i know what you mean it's but. deep but it's niche okay somebody because I've seen almost, I've seen half, because Fritz Lang made so many. I've seen Lots. half. Wow. I doubt that somehow. I mean, I took There's the- too many. I took a class, <gasps> I took the Leo class that was oh. just his films. Wow. And I've seen all of Sebastian's except for Old Cats. Whoa. And then maybe that dolphin one. Oh, but I think I saw half of it. And Eight. I'm just saying, and it's like, obviously- I have seen 14% of his films there's not that many there's not as many as i thought no um i haven't seen a lot of wow. his american ones okay probably i would say i've probably you, seen have you seen third. destiny yeah we had to watch destiny i really want to see that is it's that really, gaggy yeah what's it called in uh, german it is called der müde tot which exactly. means death what death something death der müde tot because i remember it, the the german title was quite it wasn't very paralleled with destiny. Weary death. Yeah. A German folk story. That's crack. Starring that motherfucking guy. Yeah. I know this guy. I recognize him. Walter Janssen. Oh, he's Dr. Mabuse. Okay. Duh. Um, oh, I love that. Um, you know, oh, and then is there's... Is that your spiel? And then the other thing I watched, I just... I have a pussy. I watched... Sorry. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Don't even, don't explain it. I'm, I'm scratching Leave my pussy right that. now and it's purring. <laughs> Aren't you? Yeah. I see it. I know. She's literally, she's actually putting her pussy towards me as she always does. It's hairy and it's dripping. Um, she's dripping. No, she's, she's a pussy and she's hairy and dripping, but her pussy's not hairy and dripping. Let's be very clear. Of course. Watch well, I was going with your theme, babe, <laughs> but. I also watched the two parts Che, Steven Soderbergh. 
Oh my god, I just went on a mini Soderbergh thing, so this is perfect. And I almost told you maybe I, I have a so- Soderbergh to talk about. That's so random. Look Those at those two. And it, I haven't seen Che. I know. Oh. I know you haven't. I checked. And do you know which? If you checked, do you know which ones I just watched? No, because I was checking the whole list. So I didn't. I wasn't. I don't know how that works. If you went on my diary, I just checked Che specifically to add it to the Cinemush one. But it was amazing. Like, yeah, I bet. It might be his best. People say it's very misunderstood. I could see that. And it is like there are ways in which it's kind of classically biopic-esque. Right, but I think but isn't, not is it really not more just kind of like relaxed and trying to, trying to be more detail-specific and just kind of like it's so historical obsession? Except not, except I almost wanted it to be more of that, but I was so glad it wasn't because it's just him. Yeah. You're just spending time with Benicio Del Toro as him lying in the brush. And then the two, the dichotomy of the two parts is phenomenal. Yeah. I know they're very different. Phenomenal. And really just like, I remember, I know that people are like, the second one, I don't know. Well, the first one's a better film. If you're like talking about it in terms of like, right. You know, right. the black and white parts of the future. Easier to digest. And, and just more stylish. And the okay. second, but it's the dichotomy because the second one is just to, pr- oh. I mean, because the six. Oh, the, because the first one is the idealism and the second one is like the, the, the failure. The actual, yeah. First one is like the, the oh, Cuban awesome. revolution, like him and Fidel succeeding. And then him in Bolivia without Fidel decline. by himself, just failure after failure. 10 guys in the forest can't get this people, the local Bolivians to trust them. The U S is backing the government. Mm -hmm. There is no chance. Mm. And it, and the second, and like, yeah, the set, you could argue the second one is less flashy, but it's so good. That sounds awesome. It's you're going to, you're going to, I should, I should, I was thinking, do you have the criterion somewhere? Maybe. I don't have it. Let's get it. I just watched it on the Criterion channel, but they okay. took it off Ugh. yesterday, like this weekend. That's oh, why I watched was it. Was it? Oh, because it was on the leaving soon? 30th of September. So I want to oh, speak. Bu- briefly before you. Because then we'll, we'll keep it going because I want to talk yeah, about no, him wanna, in general. Because he's a fascinating little freak. He really is a fascinating. And he's, he, thank God he's a little freak. Because yeah. if he was like, he's, his, he's just his own brand of that. Mm-hmm. But. I was thinking about biopics and I was like, what are the best biopics? I think Carlos speaking of our guy from last week. Yeah. Tar. Conquer's <laughs> <laughs> actually rom-com. Malcolm X. Tar is a, is, a, is a biopic about someone who doesn't exist. What'd you say? Malcolm X. I haven't seen it still. I have the Blu-ray. Talk about three thing. hours. Yeah. And then this, I was, cause I was just was like, this was, so good and just so kind of just the perfect biopic where like you got some of the historical context it made you want to know more it felt intimate it didn't feel like it was trying to encapsulate his life yeah it wasn't it wasn't oppenheimer in the way of like yeah let me squish in his love life squish in like decades of really really rich text into even three hours which is not enough no this Especially was like the focus of that movie is a lot of right. other stuff. Yeah. And this is like four and a half hours altogether, yeah. but it's so 
local and you're just spending the time with him and it picks these very specific moments that's over years do it yeah always so good because i think of like if you can count i don't know i don't know if you can count spencer no because that's like no that's like a uh uh it's it's a fairy blake blonde yeah yeah it's an inversion of like because spencer does that though even within that fairy tale unlike blonde it like picks a moment yeah and it's just like we're gonna go crazy but we're gonna yeah. still keep it in the, we're not gonna be like here's the crazy the thing. cheeky life of you which know we, there is that movie the naomi watts diana movie which everyone says is, is just terrible of course yeah. but yeah that's it so i watched solaris mm. and the girlfriend experience i've never seen either <sighs> have you seen tarkovsky's solaris no so I'm all I'm just alone here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I have not. I've seen Solaris, the other one, maybe five times, and I've read the book. Okay. And now I've seen Soderbergh's, and for, and <laughs> just because it's important, uh, Tarkovsky's Solaris. So the book, hundred fifty pages, really quick. Yeah. Really to the point. Only takes place in the space station. It has a resolute ending that is not a left turn or mysterious. Mm. Unlike Tarkovsky Solaris, which has an almost an hour on earth before. Okay. And is two hours and 40 minutes long and mm. has a very out there ending. And then Soderbergh comes in and does his adaptation of the book, but it's also of the movie because he goes along with the other movie as far as things he cuts from the book. Yeah. But he also chooses his own wild ending. Mm. Um, and I would say that the Soderbergh Solaris is like more. It's somehow even dreamier than the Tarkovsky one. It's like it moves so much quicker, mm. obviously. Yeah. And it is really it. it the, the mystery of it all really just kind of revolves and it's like it's like a it's poetic in a way but in, in a really really <laughs> not a tarkovsky poetic mm-hmm. way in a very uh kaleidoscopic you're only getting little glimmers of things and of course you have viola davis giving one of her first starring performances in anything in Whoa. 2002 do you know Whoa. that he created he gave her her film career he because wow. she's in Three, she's in three films and then the first one that she really has as like like ninth on the cast list for the first two yeah what they are uh, oh out of sight and um oh yeah i remember her in out of sight. oceans oceans 11 i think she's a small tiny part I okay think. um it's or something like that yeah, yeah. and then she is like one of the main doctors like a major like there's there's three big characters in the book she's one of them yeah and she gets to give these incredible monologues in, in, yeah. in solaris that are just like incredible obviously because mm. she's the one who and also she's a male character which is great mm. um, i mean That's you know the original originally it was originally but and they don't change, change they don't change the name they don't yeah, ever mention yeah. it. it it's just she's Gordon. and she's a monologue legend obviously and she is the one who oh my god also forgetting that he he also soderbergh radically changes the plot with with mm-hmm. some stuff with some reveals at the end that from make the book it, as well oh yeah okay um which I won't talk about, I guess, but... Is Tarkovsky's more true to the book? Or do they both take their own extreme liberties? <sighs> it's 
funny. They both have the whole basis, the concept. Yeah. But the but they both leave out all the hard science science fiction that the book has mm. about solaristics and the planet and the makeup of the planet and what it does and the weird things that form on it and, and like the consistency of the foam that it, yeah. that it makes that, and, and the shapes they see. It, it, it leaves all that out. And, and his, the way, like Tarkovsky's Solaris is, is very, um, like the planet itself mm-hmm. looks. Yeah. I mean, it's a moon, I think. Um, is like yellowish brown really pale foggy mm-hmm. it's like looks like a boiling ocean mm. right but it is a, the thing that in the book and in both movies that solaris seems to be a conductor or a gigantic brain uh-huh that that has that uses electricity it's using it like a brain okay uh, to, and it seems like a giant neural network soderbergh really runs with that and it's 2002 and it looks like a planet of pure electricity mm. And it's just this glowing ball with magnet purplish blue magnetic fields bursting out of it. Okay. Um, very different. One looks more earth. One is like it. It's described in the book as more yellow and brown and muddy, mm. like the like Tarkovsky's movie. But mm. Soderbergh took more the concept, and it, 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 it you look at it and you immediately get what it's. It communicates. He doesn't have to say. He and it's never said in his movie. It's a neural network. Yeah. It's just they just go with it and and. This is all to say that Viola Davis's character, who is, um, she just has this crazy Russian name in the book, and the and the first movie mm-hmm. that she's just Gordon in in uh, Soderbergh's. She is the one who you never see her. Do you know the concept of Solaris at all? Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so it is about a moon of this yeah. planet that humans are have been obsessed with for years mm-hmm. because it seems it's like nothing else they're studying it they cannot no science ever explains the way that it acts it's it's just like they don't know what kind of matter it is it's just yeah. like a complete question mark so there's a f- field of science that's risen up called solaristics and people go there mm-hmm. this is w- in an era the book that the story takes place is when solaristics is dying out because there's nothing that can be found out it seems like it's a money pit that they just they, it's just not worth it anymore but there are allegedly three scientists still out there orbiting it on the station studying it um but they've cut off all communication and they have the sense that some weird fucking shit is happening mm. our main character george clooney in the soderberg um oh god what's the actor's name the russian actor's name oh it's a funny name because it's like repeats itself (laughs) whatever is chris kelvin um who knew he's a psychologist okay and he knows one of the guys one of the bio like biochemist who's up there he gets them they get a message and whoever nasa or whoever the fuck the Mm -hmm. solaris they're like you need to go you've been specifically requested like that you need to go figure out what's going on he gets there his friend is dead he literally just like in both movies in the book the first thing he does when he gets there he sees blood on the wall he goes to the the basically the freezer room and finds two corpses and it's like and one of them is his friend and he's like bitch what the fuck Mm -hmm. and he doesn't doesn't recognize the other one um and it's covered up um 
and then he finds the other two people, the, which who he knows are supposed to be there. One is like drunk, rambling, almost incomprehensible, seems to be mad. Yeah. Uh, and like joking and just kind of like delirious. And the other is intensely aggressive. Viola Davis does not let him into her room. And, and basically all her focus and like of that character in, in, in all three is uh, destroying Solaris and whatever it's doing to them. What is it doing to them? You ask? <laughs> well, they both tell him, we won't be able to talk to you until you go to sleep. You need to experience it for yourself. So we'll see you. He has dreams about his dead wife who killed herself. She was a very, very depressive, but, but as a psychologist, he, he, she was almost his, she was his lover and his project. He was like, I will save you. Yeah. <laughs> no other version leans into that aspect. Like the Soderbergh version. That is really front and center mm-hmm. that she was his pr- patient and lover. Um, and, the casting of her and and George Clooney. George Clooney looks like this Russian actor. They cast, I don't know if you remember, Natasha McKellen, McKellone, who is the romantic lead in The Truman Show. Beautiful red hair. Yeah. She yep. looks exactly like the actress from the Tarkovsky. It's terrifying, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like w- they just plucked her. They, it, it couldn't have been more perfect. Mm-hmm. So it's, and the exact, the red, the long red hair, you know. Yeah. So yeah, he wakes up from his dreams and she's standing there, and he f- uh, freaks the fuck out. She's asking him questions. He's uh, inter- he's he's like, "What do you know?" And she's like, "I just know we're together. You you're you and me. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Well, how did you get here?" And she's like, "I, I don't know. I just know that I I know that I'm here with you. I know you you know what are you talking about? It's it's us. Like, uh, and he he puts her on a." shuttle sends her off same all, same all three versions he's just like get her the fuck out of there and then he goes to talk to them and they're like so who came and he's like wife and they're like dead and he's like yep they're like oh well too bad you wasted that pod but you know couldn't you you had to figure it out for yourself and he's like she's coming back and they're like yeah unless you can't sleep so basically solaris is going into accessing through neural yeah. electro whatever memories and formulating a physical being out of a neutrino field that it stabilizes with its magnetic, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a, a, a cloud of neutrinos that stabilizes with its field. They're not even cells. They're just projections, but they do bleed and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but they're only conception. They're only born from your mind. So from your memories of the person, that's what they are, right? It can't go past that. Yeah. It's your, it's what you thought your partner was. Huh. <laughs> and, Soderbergh turn really is just like that's the part that's interesting to me. Tarkovsky's more fascinated in just the existential of it all. Yeah. Um, and living in memories or or reality. What do you choose in an alienating world? He, he you know, his the section on Earth is very very mm-hmm. telling to that. He, you know, he really chose to place it in modern day, kind of. Um. But Soderbergh said, I just care about the question of, like, you know, how would, how would you devolve in that experience when all your emotions are activated by this person that's just a projection from your memory and they only represent, they're only what you think they were like. So, and she starts to realize this, the more that this is the version, the second version of her, he keeps her around. Like, she's like, 
she starts to get suicidal quickly. And she even eventually, she's like telling him like, you, I will only ever be suicidal to you. So that's what I am. So don't you dare be mad at me again because you can't fix me. That's the version you have of me. That's your conception of me. So that's what I am. That's all I ever was to you. Almost saying like, because that's all you saw me as, that's why I killed myself. It, it, there's so much more like he really mm. just it's just like question after question like, like the movie's just like really and then the ending his ending goes nuts and and he he, he throws in an, another twist in there about another character that's really really crazy uh and then it leaves it really um yeah it's a parallel to the because tarkovsky solaris has a has a gotcha ending which mm-hmm. i don't want to ruin yeah. But people who know know, and it's Soderbergh does his own version of it that is different. But but is also a but oh my god, it's a biggie. It's a similar it it, it it it's a similar statement on whether we will choose to live in our version of things or the truth. And you watched this and the girlfriend experience for the first time. Both mm-hmm. wow. So that's his Solaris. Love it. Classic. He basically took five stars. Took two. Oh yeah, you you saw. No, I was I mean, asking. I was asking. Um. Oh, it's five stars. Just like Tarkovsky's. I mean, it, it's really something. Uh, but he just... How often can you say that about fucking both? Meat. I know. It's That's really cool. Mm. Re- like, remix doing that. And, of course, at the time, it was really misunderstood. I mean, it's a, it's a heady, heady yeah. sci-fi. And, and, it, and it, he also adopts the kind of, like, 80s-looking retro sci-fi mm-hmm. look yeah. for everything. For, like, the, co- for the costumes. Not not as goofy as, like, like Tarkovsky's Solaris can look kind of goofy in the, in the costuming yeah. and the... But but his is like I'm somewhere in between, um, and it's not about it's not a space movie. Like yes, there's shots of a spaceship at, at start, but you know it's it's just not. And people were like, huh? Mm-hmm. But this was a Paramount. No, it was it was um. Oh God, no! I think it was it was either Paramount or um. It's Universal. But, it would have been um, gaggy true art film out there, and he fuck. It's just like it's such a fun little. It's like he boiled away all the excess atmosphere and so like him as now we can actually both both talk about like as as he's likely to do is just like cutting to what matters only yeah he literally is like i will cut this shit down to just the essentials and i'll only shoot that and you know his whole crazy thing is his shooting ratio to what ends up in the film close it's like it's like we're often it's like eight percent it's like 400 hours to, to two hours and he's like three and a half to two. Like he shoots three and a half hours of footage for a two hour film. It's like that little, that little, he will often, he will never do a second take if he doesn't have to ever. He's like Clint Eastwood. He's like, I will get it. We'll move on. I know ex- we'll never do different angles of the same thing. I know ex- I'm already have it edited in my head. We're shooting this line from here. We're shooting this line from here and we're moving on. Because <laughs> I think personally, in the ones I've seen, Traffic is one of the other best. Traffic's awesome. It really, Aaron just Rockovich, same year. I've never that one. I've never seen. What? That's all you got, lady. Two left feet in fucking ugly shoes. One of the great speeches of all time. Do you want their addresses? Like who, fuck you. Who gives the speech? Who do you think? Who won the Oscar? Her only Oscar for that film? JJ. Jennifer. Julia. <laughs> oh, Ju- Jennifer Julia Roberts. 
We Little known Miss JJR. JJR. Jennifer Julia Johnson <laughs> Robertson. I love how you curse me out and then call her Jennifer in the same sentence. <laughs> Whatever. It's hot today. It's hot. Yeah. But so um, now you have a choice, I guess. Which is what? You can save the NYFF for I, next week. I do know. I know. I do have little things to say. Little quips. But if you want to talk about those shorts that you made me watch last yeah. night, we're getting close. So we, it's going to be tight. I can talk about what I've seen at NYFF really fast. Go. Okay. Woo! May, December. Everyone's saying it's... Well, at least people who are only saying it's fun, savage, like are compl- are either are just avoiding something or are I'm sorry, retarded. Um, <laughs> sorry, you know, like literally, like yes, I'm. I, I love shock value. I I'm obsessed with that word right now. And you know what? Right in. Myself, I think that that's wrong. Whatever. Um, but it May is December. so 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 dark. Is it, it what is, you wanted it to be or like what you did it exceed it's, your expectations? It kind of did. Okay. It's a really fascinating That's little hard. monstrous film. Okay. It uses its kind of cheeky aesthetic and the tropes of a woman's struggle with such a fucked up twist on it as far as like what it, it's an, it, it mm. is of it reminds me of Maps of the Stars and that it 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 isn't just, it isn't a commentary on what media does to morality Yeah, and tabloids. Like, like it is it, 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 it is a, f- is a fun feel bad movie okay. with a seriously affecting emotional core that is entirely Charles Melton's for which he hopefully will win an Oscar this year. He is right. He's being really, he, he's, he's going there. He's getting Riverdale nominated. Charles Melton. Yes. He is the boy. That is now that is now a man who had a child at twelve, who is raising that child and still married to Julianne Moore at thirty six, and is stu- and is still a twelve year old boy inside. It is a haunting he killed performance. It. He killed it. Wow. He made me cry. Good for him. I cried. Good for him. I wept. Good for I wept. Him. It is. And then the two w- two women are just dastardly and terrifying. Oh my god. I mean, um, they've done it before. And but but yeah. So that one wild. I need to see, can't wait to see it again. Really one of those things where I'm like, are we just, you're just stepping around it and do none of you want to address what's really in this movie? It's really like, mm. it is a movie about abuse um, at its core. Anyway. But also just, and just like, it's almost like a John Waters, like mm. as far as how much it leans into just, just people doing horrible things. It's really, it's really quite fun. Anyway, Boy in the Heron. Mind blowing. Need to see it again. I can write essays about Japanese history. Can't fucking believe it. We'll go over everyone's head because in America, usually we, people don't know about what the Meiji Restoration meant for Japan, and what, especially in reference to the rise of fascism and like imperialism, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That it, that's like the time, the unification. Everything came together when like Japan started thinking of itself as this giant, powerful, singular entity. And anyway, and, and his what we do in the U S with his movies specifically already is simplify the very rich deep so histories and layered. politics of those movies. Oh my God. He the, was the born ones, during the war. Exactly. Like, I mean, he didn't make grave of the fireflies, but his he, studio he, he, did. There you go. And he lived it. No, I mean, <laughs> but, but Nausicaa like of the Valley of the wind. Hello. Let's talk. Yeah. Even spirit. I mean, just it's There's all, all there. It's all and people, so, and this one is obviously not, yeah, it no sounds different, but it, 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 
might be his most dense and heavy. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just like, the symbols were, I, my mind was bouncing in a flame. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's delicious in every sense. Gorgeous, like, I imagine. Like, like it's beautiful. Un- unbelievable. Drop Unbelie- dead. Unbelievable. The world, the worlds he's creating. He here. is oh, a master. My God. Um, and now you you hear that he's back in the, he's writing again and he's like obsessed. He like like bringing him back. He said like now I just can't get enough. So it's like what we can get one in two years. Like, we can oh, get one in two years or three. I, I hope so. I know me too. Anyway, he's only eighty. He's eighty two. Okay. Yes, he like five to ten years ago he had terminal cancer that somehow he survived and, and went to remission. Okay. And then I saw The Human Surge 3, which what is Eduardo Williams, Teddy Williams, as he goes by. He's this Argentinian queer artist, filmmaker, uh, whose first film I did see, uh, The Human Surge, which there's no two, <laughs> um, which is like this kind of, he's obsessed with like a, a, a version of the world in which digital, in the digital world in which borders don't exist. So he uses like, sex cam people you know like anyone can go on cams and like try to get tips you know like groups of boys in like peru or like whatever will like get naked and like touch each other a little bit on camera Mm -hmm. just like like do you know about that is this something that's coming to your mind from people have told me that this exists okay because i've i'm i've experienced it for sure oh yeah when you go looking on cam four oh yeah yeah it's good stuff i had an era that's i mean that shit was crazy to see who like whoever in the world just wants to like try and live stream and make like, some money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you really can, it's a window into pockets of the world that are fascinating. And that's clearly what fascinated him for his first movie. Cause he films it in all these different countries in the world, Southeast Asia and, 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 and South America and, and Eastern Europe and, um, places off the, off the West, the big Western map yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and there's, he kind of uses the cam, communication as like a portal but it but he stays he films each section in each in each world human search three he gets two or three or four queer adjacent or trans people who all know who know each other from peru from sri lanka and from taiwan okay and he casts them all together and all of them appear in all three places he felt he brought them to each country and it's like the first parts. It's like paced like a Apichat Pong film mm-hmm. at start. It's the Human Church Three was entirely filmed with a three sixty camera. <laughs> you know those, yeah. Um, but but not in the way that you know it look. You you make the planet look like a ball or like yeah. Like, uh, he he zooms in enough where it's only a slight bend. Okay. Um, and you see each seam where the AI is. is patching together each you know the lines between each image because you know it's like multiple cameras yeah, yeah, that make yeah. that are stitched together uh so that he often uses the line between on people's faces so that they're they're kind of glitched uh-huh. um and it's just like this moment the mem- all these characters is just appearing in each other's like like bit by bit until they're all together and they're all in all places at once they're all deep in nature they're all and then they're all climbing this mountain. People are flying and, and, and the, all the energy of the film kind of like climaxes. Mm. It's a crazy, exp- like nothing I've ever seen, whatever, mind blowing, blah, blah, blah. Just as far as like, yeah, what it the is. The place is switching, but the people staying in the, in the same outfits, like it's just so 
fun just like how those borders like time and space just melt away mm. completely it's just it was it's just like an experience it was really cool and then i saw the film that i'm going to be talking about in therapy after this that i'm still recovering from that i don't know if i'll ever recover from I know what that it is. i have still been back and forth from like am i mad at this for m- bringing so much pain or am i in awe and, and, and thanks. And I've come around to the second. I mean, I gave it five stars immediately because nothing has ever made me cry like that at, mm-hmm. at, in public. Uh, but it's all of us strangers. Were you alone? Correct. This is the Andrew Haig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, yep. Jamie Bell, Claire yep. Foy. I have to... We're, I'm just giving a... Br- like, I, I actually... I'm not even... You said enough. You said enough. It's clear. It exactly mirrors my thesis film. It brought up things for me that I didn't think were there that I now have to deal with that are hmm. so deep and personal. It was like an exorcism. It everyone's misunderstanding. Like is, is it, a lot of people have problems with the ending. And I just have to say, if you get it, you get it. And that's what you said. I think. And it's not morbid. It's fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's transcendent. It's it's. Spielbergian wish fulfillment and earnestness and hope for the power of love that mm. is so against my instinct, but I was, it just played me like a fucking violin. I, I was in a puddle. Couldn't, I'm still haven't recovered yeah. often when I, when I see there, when I see the image from the film, I get a knot in my, my chest seriously. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yep. Yeah. Not going to really shut up about that one for a and many, last, many months. But not least. And then I saw poor things, Yeah. which, un- which, followed that couldn't follow that i mean you shouldn't see anything after that no but but it was so fun and can't really fault it that much because it's laugh after laugh after laugh after laugh for two hours and 20 minutes it's just laugh 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 it's a fucking ball we'll see and it's fucked but oh my god it played that audience like 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 what like so easily cracking up Howling the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get. I understand why everyone loves it so much. It is not his best film because it is his most fluffy. Mm. I'm like, what are you? What are you fucking people but thinking? I, Everyone's I I'm like his that. best film. I want it's him his to his most lean entertaining into that. film. But he is like fluffy makes sense for him with me because he's so funny. He is so yeah. The way he thinks things through, just that makes mm. that leans. It leans into that for me, like. And I don't want him it to is be the best. so heady all, like, or like be trying to tell me something like all the time. I know you do. And I think that's why probably I'm just like dog tooth is right there. Uh, it's dog tooth. Dog tooth is his best. He'll net like, yeah, nothing will close to that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that I wouldn't he's, put anything he's found a way to, to Matt, to find the to make the most perverse quote unquote not even close though bad taste version of the feminist girl boss movie um it's really interesting and he called it poor things well that has a different meaning than you might think it's it's you there in the film you'll you'll understand but it is it is like poor us poor humans we're all so fucked up um but it takes a cynic somewhat cynical look to to that so that's all five that i've seen so far and wow oh. what a fucking ride it's been i was originally gonna give you five but you did, what did 10? I do 10 okay, not bad, i'm sorry not bad, not bad. okay now i want to talk about <laughs> all right so the we could but we can do this yeah we, we can, can do, do it this in, in, in a 15 to 20 30, 30. yeah why not make a fatty oh because you have to leave at four 
420. 20. Okay. So... Sorry, I'm texting back Olivia. So... Did she say yes? Introduce... Yes. Introduce... So we... You were like, I want to do what you just did. You wanted... I said, I'll give you five minutes to talk about all these things I haven't seen that I won't see for God knows how long. You did it in 10, which I think is still a feat. It is. And then you were like, can you watch those Wes Anderson short movies that they put on Netflix? Which people don't know are there. No. People don't know they're there. If they know something, they know that The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar is one short film that was put on Netflix. No one realizes that there are three more. And it's it's two for four. Carmen and I agreed. We watched them together last night. Interesting. Two for four. Two. Bye. Really? Just, just like not I'm kind of good. four for four. I, I, yeah, but of I, course I was, you are, I'm babe. Like you're always four for but four. But there are there are ones to me that 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 All right. are better because I, I have differentiations in, in. Well, just in terms of <laughs> low key, but object, what's your objective favorite? quality? So of the four, which ones your favorite? And let's just say they're they're all Roald Dahl short story adaptations, right? Which we could talk about Roald Dahl for a whole podcast. Sure. In my mind, I don't know if you could. No, just in terms of <laughs> no, just him as a he's still a storyteller. Of a mystery to me, but this yeah. really I because I was really raised no, on those books and oh those. Wow. I mean, and, I was I wasn't and I, the films that existed back then. I read Chocolate Factory, but I I I didn't even read that. I read one. The Witches. I read Glass fun. Elevator. I read Witches. I read Twits. I read Matilda. I read Fox. Wow, I read so fucking BFG, much. I read <gasps> BFG. Yeah, yeah, But these, I never encountered the like mature James and the Giant Peach. The the real the short stories that were really like no for kids. And so in the, and the one thing that people are that he's getting some of the most heat for, other than his deep anti-Semitism is the, yeah is the the story where the man turns into a giant penis in order to like and people say like assault somebody which well was, that sounds like it might be great why which is was that written problematic for playboy <gasps> I oh i think it was published this. in playboy i think so okay this sounds like i'm going to but read anyway, this immediately it's online for free okay i'm gonna I'll send to you the find link. that so i quick. haven't read it yet but i was talking about it with my mom last year when Wow, so you're really when people were censoring. Well, because my mom is also she's a teacher of children, so she's taught these books, and she, mm. you know, she she was very she's defensive of. And I was reading this thing about the censorship they're doing, like reprinting his books with different yes, phrases and stuff. And I don't, I don't really, I don't really care about all that. But you know, who's I was raising just, that flag and thinks it's, or at least raising the flag of like it's not that big of a deal. Like they can change it. I don't think it's that bad. Joyce Carol Oates fighting with people on Twitter about it every day. I mean, I read a <laughs> I read an op-ed in the Times that basically said that they're like, it's funny or just it doesn't it doesn't change much. Yeah, it's just not that serious. And that's I think what that's Joyce probably is, fine. Yeah, that's what Joyce is saying. She's like, it's really not. But drastic. I think like, and you know, his re- one of the real life things outside of the subject matter, the racism, the stuff in the stories, the penis. Is his I'm like, why deep, is that bad? <laughs> his deep, real anti-Semitism as a human being, not Imagine. as a thing. And I'm like, yeah, they're out there. It's just one of those things where I oh don't God. think. Anyway. Well, the time and place I thought of Wes which Anderson he, the time and place of which he existed. Wes Anderson answered a question about it at like Venice or something. Oh. And it was like fine. It, it just, well, I think he kind of real, didn't really know what he was talking about. All he needs about. to say is like, 
I'm not making the biopic of him. No, I'm taking these stories and and that, that speak to me, and I am interpreting them. Right, and he was close to saying something. Case that closed. I really, it just I thought he didn't articulate well enough, but he doesn't well, have to. He's it's a not a defense. Little autistic man. <laughs> but can you guess which of the? It's I think it's easy to guess. I'm the hoping two for four. The two that are my favorite are Henry Sugar and The Swan. What about for you? The but Henry Sugar poison. and the Ratcatcher. Really? Yeah. That's the, people. All everyone hates the Ratcatcher. Everyone saying it poison was the is only the best one, one that was funny. It, was, it is it the funniest la- one. My sister and I were laughing, and we but don't. But you didn't laugh. like the Swan or Poison? We don't laugh. The Swan, swan was brilliant to me. Poison was the was I loved was poison. the worst one. It Why? was really. I what? <laughs> it deals with the the the. the the incompetence and ego of the racist colonizer. Of course. And I as a that story, was really subtle and I just don't think it needed to be like, I think the first two swan a little more. So, cause I can't, okay. So emotion, let me, let me break down. So as swan. stories. Yeah. I'm not saying they're beautiful stories as films. Mm. Oh, I just okay, don't know if I need it. Like, you know what I mean? I was just a little bit like, Ooh, like, whereas I felt okay. Henry sugar and Ratcatcher were, were compelling films. and the 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 really fun uh okay so this is when we need to break down kind of the conceit of all of them yes which is like for the for a time in a way that he's always done but never quite like this leaning into artifice where people are coming in and out moving things the sets are very clear like props come in and out you know they're, like they're not present you see all of the hinges you see everything you see things purposely marked like props department um, stuff like that, and Henry Sugar is the is, is the big forty minute one, Long. and it's like clearly the budget went into there because there's so much more complex, multiple different sets. The other three, which are all seventeen minutes, are really really spare. Yeah, um, one, two, or three actors. Usually, really set. You know, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ray Fiennes, Richard Ayoade, Dev Patel, and and, and Rupert Friend, and Sir Rupert Friend. No, the other one. Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. And Rupert Friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know him that well, so I don't know his... He's great. You know, he was big he was on good. Homeland. I loved Homeland, and he's great on that show. He's British, obviously, but he's only ever does American roles. People don't realize he's British. Everyone thinks he's or, uh, Orlando Bloom, because he looks like Orlando Bloom. Uh, he looks more like Tyler Cameron from uh, The Bachelorette. Okay. Sorry. Don't know who that is. Um, but... Anyway. The, yeah. And so, The Swan is about the intense savage bullying of this little of a classic of the little weak little fruity autistic boy who just is a little nerd just nerd let's let's, let's he's a fag let's get too. away he's a fag sure but like let's <laughs> everyone's gay and neurodivergent but it's like exactly a nerd is a nerd yeah he's whether the it's one of those things and the, the kids who the, yeah the, who are the thr- really big obviously kids. yeah have to have to beat the fuck out of him um, well, but literally like old school, I imagine, especially UK, but US too. Like it's old like school, early 20th century, 19th almost century killing torture. Him. Yeah. Well, they. And the way that it's. And the way that Rupert Friend is the narrator and then partway through, you know, reveals that he is the kid. Yeah. And the glimmer in his eye just destroyed me. And, you know, they put. They tie him to the train tracks and he has to. And of course, these stories are all. Of course, you immediately realize why they're why Wes Anderson was like, "This is for me," because they're detail oriented. There's lists, and it's very specific. 
So every they just lift off the page, and it's a so children's he, writer writing for adults. Yeah. Ish, it's not really his kids' work. And I think Wes Anderson is a children's yes. filmmaker making films yes. for everybody. There you go. But um, ish. Then they they he he's protecting. He's he's watching all the birds and, and, and caring for them. And these these other kids that are bullying him are killing as many birds as they can get. They find a beautiful swan in its nest in the river. Uh, and shoot it after he's cry- screaming to them no and they they, cu- they put it on him yeah they cut off its wings well he has to go swim out and get the dead body he lies about the signets under the so they yes, won't kill, so the, babies won't kill the babies as well and then he comes back and he won't do something for them so they cut the wings off and put the wings on right. his, yeah. and like all of them the whole thing is being narrated to camera Directly with props, with little props, and often most of it, only specific actions are actually shown. Mm -hmm. Most of them, the in all three, are just described. Especially in the Swan, the torturous stuff you don't really see it. It's all said with the little kid version and Rupert Friend speaking to the camera. I found that so moving. I was really on the floor. And then, of course, they, they tie, they cut off the bird's wings, they tie it to him, and he fucking flies. He gets, he flies like a swan. And that. After they me. shoot him, but yeah. Right. After they shoot him to, to, to get off the tree branch, but then he fucking flies. And. That, I cried. Yeah. I, I th- five stars to me. No, that I, one was I really depressing. That one was really depressing. And I think it's a beautiful story. I think just in the Henry Sugar one was really good just it was just i think it was really good i needed when i think part of it too is that like wait so your top two are are henry sugar and Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher. Okay. because first of all richard iowata was born to narrate he a was. Wes anderson movie. yes he was the fact that so those well, two so have never finds they're all they're both so good at not it not dev patel oh that link up i was like why haven't these two ever linked before you know, and I was like, oh, it's because Dev Patel, unfortunately, just does not fit in this. He fits more in the Henry Sugar one, but he does not fit in, in this poison? world. I thought he, okay, well, I it wasn't was really good. It was clunky, especially oh. in Poison. Like his narration, <gasps> oh. I just found it very, <gasps> ob- just like not, it, the, I could, and not in a good way of like what you're talking about. Because the conceit of these is to feel the effort, to feel the kind of clunkiness of what it is to put this story together. Yes. Very stylish, but not making it where, feel like where a film. The, what's front and center is the story itself. But yeah. Dev Patel, just like, I was like, whereas Richard Iowata was born, yeah, he he's was been doing this for decades <laughs> yeah. on his own in the UK. If, cause I'm, I, he, he is one of the few people in the world who can make me laugh out loud. And he, like I was talking to Carmen, of course, I was like, every little beat, every breath, every li- delivery, and, and the quick, the rapid. He fire, was born to do that, so, he's and so that's good. part of the reason the Rat Catcher is actually laugh out loud funny <laughs> is that his line yeah. delivery yeah. is hilarious. But you got to give it to Ray Fiennes being the, as the Rat Man, of course. Yeah. But those like it wouldn't have been as funny if it wasn't him acting out what Richard Iwata was like, yeah, yeah. articulating and like. Yeah. Then the that one is just <laughs> that one is the most. Is the best in terms it's the of most like absurd. Wes Anderson. It's yes, absurd. 100%. And you get a beautiful stop motion rat. And Carmen was like, "Is that what the rats look like in the UK?" <laughs> it's well, because it's like beautiful, emaciated, and yeah, just like 
skinny, snatched. Yeah. Well, not beautiful. in the UK, Mama. India. Trust and believe. Is it because he was he grew up in India too, right? Like Roger Kipling. No, but I don't think that takes place in that one. Oh no, just no. poison does. And most and oh, parts of sugar. sugar. Yeah, okay. I don't know about not the Swan, right? No. No, definitely not. Yeah, those two were in the those UK. Those two in the UK. Because they're like they're, they they both look it. They're both like gray and foggy, whereas the yeah. other two are like at night, but there's like a warmth of the firelight and like and the architecture and the crickets of and the everything. Homes. Yeah. Yeah. But Le- all those sets, all the can we just give a shout out? Like no, it's they're so great, fantastic. I love it. Stylistically, they're all how each shot is like conceived to like yeah. have the minimal effort, but like get everything. Like you just move to the side, and that's already perfectly set up to have the mirror right there, so he can give his lines. So he can go back. Like of course, this is why we love Wes Anderson. Yeah, the details. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever loved him more than these, honestly. And it made me realize what why he's great. I was like when he's using all these things to tell you like it's it's really about the story like whoa that really it really st- flips something for me i don't know i think it was it fantastic it's mr so not fox frivolous. Or when i was like oh he's... that one also just just cuz that one i was like i was i don't how old were we when that came out like teens or whatever yeah and it's like 2007 tweens 2009 it's 2009 and 13 i've seen all of Everything he's done. I've seen his product yeah. commercials. I've seen all. I think I've everything. seen the shorts. I've seen this. He has a lot of shorts attached to his features, and I've seen those. And I'm not the a one with st- Natalie Borman. I'm not a stan. I've seen that. <laughs> seen the one of like Jason Schwartzman in the Moonrise Kingdom showing Moonrise Kingdom yep, to the, the campers. Ben, cousin Ben's, uh, whatever. whatever yeah. yeah. But, and because like my mom loved Rushmore. Yeah. Saw that really. And I think. Moonrise Kingdom was the first for me. Yeah. And that was huge. Yeah. Because I watched them as a kid. And I, you know, would see them when they came out, especially like saw Fantastic Mr. Fox in movie theater. Mm-hmm. Saw. I sure didn't. Definitely Moonrise Kingdom in theaters. Um, and I Grand think. Budapest beats. It's like the Roald Dahl him thing is just so. It's just so there. I mean. It is there. They have their blind spots. They have their, their issues. Course. Yeah. People get can take them to task for this and that rightfully so but they are like their childlike adulthood is really well executed and entertaining and yeah it's really so special i think none of us can get rid of our child of the view of the world we had as a child the hope Mm -hmm. those hopes are still there that's what was so devastating to me about all of us strangers, unfortunately, which is why I'll never like fucking breathe happy again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I really just, I loved them. I and loved I think them. And I think a lot of people flop when trying to elicit their teenage or being a middle-aged person or a grown person trying to elicit teenagehood or childhood. It just really like, you know, you get really sensation for teenage. You get really sensationalized, very sexual. Really, you know, a lot of stuff that it really misses the mark for mm-hmm. teenagers watching it or kids watching things made for kids that feels like it's pandering, which is why Pixar is so amazing mm-hmm. or Miyazaki is so amazing because you I have get seen, I've s- Pixar. I brings up so much, but we can't get into that. But I'm I am convinced that they are like like Marvel headed for the end. And oh, I'm sh- I don't, they might already be there. Right? Yeah, exactly. They might already be there, but like yeah. I'm talking about our childhood. Oh yeah. You know, that the peak era of that Miyazaki, like 
you know, these movies are are difficult, but I don't think they or like Roll Doll or you know, they're not. These stories aren't. I don't think they're scarring for kids, but I think they're challenging. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're not like Paw Patrol. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Insert Netflix animated but content. They here. have they have aspects of the real cruelty of the world, but it is with a with a through a yeah. lens of. And it's innocence. scary sometimes. Like I, like when when we saw Spirited Away in movie theaters, my one of my Bruh. sister's friends had to leave. No doubt, that movie scarred <laughs> that legions ter- of children. That movie's terrifying. Yeah, it's it's a little different. That one's yeah. like Boy in the Heron, also not for kids. Yeah, the threat of danger is too well, real I mean, and scary. Grave of the Fireflies, I wasn't allowed to see. No shit. Until I was in college. Hello. Like, literally, like my mother would let me watch anything. My parents would let us watch, and you but know not that. that. <laughs> and she was like, "Grave of the Fireflies, nope." Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth, nope. Oh yeah, that's not no. But the same thing, right? Yeah, Guillermo del Toro is another example of his this innocent these, lens. These child, these people whose preserved childhoods mm. or child likeness is benefits their storytelling so much. So much. Spielberg, Miyazaki, too. Spielberg, of course. It's incredible, and I think mm. Corrieta has that. Yeah. Like I think yeah. of I Wish. I don't think you've. Se- I don't know if you've seen that. The Train one, which is like his least depressing. Child movie. What's his most depressing child movie? Nobody knows. I need to see that. Have you seen it? No, I I haven't. I need to see it. You need that one is like. Does it get like trafficked or something? (laughs) It's more depressed. I mean, it's it's less like because it's just more like locally, domestically, Mm. heartbreaking Mm. and wrenching. And it's just like he. With I wish though, that's for kids. Mm. But it still has the like the nails, the Mm. teeth. It's not sim- – it has the feel-good aspects, the fan- like the childhood fantasy. But then it's like, why are these kids doing this thing? Because their parents don't give a fuck about them. Because their parents Which are not – the whole conceit of Spirited Away. Right. <sighs> That's the scariest part of Spirited Away. Like, people are like, oh, no, face this. I'm like, when her parents turns into the pigs, that's the horror. It's horrifying. That's the scariest part. But the no f- no face becoming the creature is also terrifying. Yeah, but, but it's just but a it's little more. It parallels the parents, because that's her, her guy. It's her, it's her, it's, it's her. well, it's like it's the demon. <laughs> it is, but it's also her friend at first. Yeah, and that's why it's uh, maybe scary because it's the twist of like this is the the greed the. Yeah, the something there's something yeah. there. I don't know what it is, but yeah, what a mm. fucked up movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. That's a, I think that's one of his action. Definitely his his dark his scariest. Mononoke is the bloodiest. It's not scary. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. The the, the pulsating demonic worms and and the it's close killing the beasts like. The boar running through screaming. All the violence, the the wolf, the you know, like, yeah, no, the people get their the heads wolf, and limbs well, cut off in Princess out. Mononoke. But the wolf is mother is mother is obviously is <laughs> <laughs> her mother. Um, no, I think it's I think it's close. I do think Spirit Away is scarier though. I will stand by that part. I don't think obviously that one's it, scary. It is too? more horary as the lens of the child seeing her parents become 
and being abandoned and becoming pigs. Yeah. These are grown ass heroes. Mononoke, the yes. main guy. You're right. It's more of a. It's the, more of like a the myth. solitude. Mm. Her in the tunnel, mm-hmm. that long tunnel. It's breeded away. Yeah. It's lit. I mean, I you'll see in the boy and the heron. There's a lot of parallels. Because Nausicaa also. I know you, you haven't seen. Yes, it? I have. Okay, good. I've seen because that of them. one is scary. But I haven't seen. I haven't not seen. She's a also one. a hero. Good girl. Um, so yeah. You've seen Porco Rosso. Yeah. Love. Seen, I don't know if he did directed Pompoco, but that's one of the the raccoon one. No, he didn't direct that one. No, but it's, it's also Ghibli. really good. Yeah. Um, love it. Love Castle Sky. Love House Moving Castle. Obviously Totoro too. Totoro's. Totoro, you can really go Reddit with people being like, they're dead. The, these girls are dead. And they're being escorted to the fucking afterlife. That's why it's so one tone. That's why it's so slippery and mysterious. But and like, being, yeah. apparently it lines up with all this like kind of Shinto mysticism well, you about see the afterlife. All this, when you're driving up in the beginning, you see all the... F- yeah. The kind of statues. Yeah. Leading up to where they're going. Mm-hmm. Which you would see. I don't know if you'd see it in a graveyard, but you would see which it in it's a context the, it's of the death. least dark version of, of all his stuff where there's something something else is happening yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. But through a child's eyes it's all it's all magic. But Ugh, yeah. talk about child like that. Kiki's delivery service. Kiki, oh my god, thank you. I was trying to think of the rest. Kiki. Watching those again, just Carmen and me watching over those are the movies we watched. Over and over and over again. Yeah. Ugh. Gagatrandra. Are we like, are we wrapping up? I think so. Wow. This is a beautiful kind of like weirdly all over the place, but kind of focused episode. We talked yeah. about Steven Soderbergh and Miyazaki and, and Wes Anderson. Wouldn't happen any other way. Yeah, that's really cool, actually. And, and Nicki Minaj. And Beyonce and, and Lady Beyonce Gaga and Lady Gaga. This is great. And you held your bowels in, babe. God bless. Yeah, and, and I'm about it's to. Time. I'm about to let him go. Sign us off, lovey. Well, thanks for tuning in again. I think this is a good one. Tell all your friends. Um, maybe I'll try and actually market this one. Oh, I, I never, <laughs> I never had the effort. That'll be the um, day. But they're all good anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> bye bye now. Cinema. Cinema.